Welcome to the Word Made Plain with Senior Pastor Tony Clark of Calvary Chapel, Newport News in Virginia. Currently, Pastor Tony is teaching through the book of Joshua. Please open your Bible to Joshua chapter 7. Let's dive into the Word of God, uh, Joshua chapter 7. Turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 7 as we continue to go verse by verse through this tremendous book. Great book for us uh, to study. We're going to be looking at uh, chapter 7. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would teach us this evening the truths of your word. We pray, God, once again, that this would not be another time to gather uh, biblical facts and truths, but, Lord, that we would encounter the God of truth, that we would encounter you this evening, that you would get a hold of our hearts, that you would get a grip of our lives, Lord, that you would show us, Lord, reveal the secrets of our hearts this evening, God. Do a work, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Joshua chapter 7, the title of this message is Hiding from God. Hiding from God. Now, we all know in our heads that God is omniscient, which means that he is all-knowing. We also know that he is all-seeing. Proverbs 15, verse 3 said, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. So not only is he all knowing, but he is all seen as well. However, there are all, there are always those who think that they can get over on God. We used to say in the Marine Corps is always that 10%. It's always going to be that 10%. Somebody think they can get over on God. And this is the subject of this chapter. Now, the Israelites have just conquered the city of Jericho. God told them that all of uh, the vessels of silver and bronze and iron belongs to him. And they were not to touch the accursed things, according to chapter 6, verse 19. The accursed things are the things God said belong to him. And when you touch what belongs to him, it becomes a cursed thing for you. So he told him this in chapter six and verse 19. Why? Because the first of everything belongs to God. And this is why he told him that the city of Jericho, this first city, all the silver, all the vessels, all the, everything belongs to God. Don't touch it. Why? Because the first of everything belongs to him. Let that sink in. Now, the question is, did they obey? Well, let's see. Look what it says there in verse one, but, oh, we got to stop right there. The conjunction, but is the conjunction of contrast. uh, Chapter seven is in direct contrast to chapter six. In chapter six, there was a great victory over the city of Jericho. God's blessings were upon uh, them. But as soon as the celebration was over, a dark cloud descended upon them because of a man named Achan, the son of Carmi, uh, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah. He took the accursed thing, so God's anger 
was burned against the entire nation. You see that in verse one, it says, but the children of Israel committed a trans, uh, trespass regarding the accursed things for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah took of the accursed things. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. It says now, uh, Joshua uh, sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. So about 3,000 men went up there uh, from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from uh, before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Now, in these amazing verses... We see in verse 2, Joshua sent men to the east side of Bethel to the city of Ai to spy out the land. Now, in verse 3, Joshua told them to, you know, they, they came back and told Joshua in verse 3 to only send two or 3,000 to attack the city because it was only a few people. It consisted of a few people. And so they only sent two or 3,000 men to fight Ai, but they fled before them, according to verse 4. The men of Ai struck down 36 Israelites and chased them as far as Shabarim, and the hearts of the people melted and became like water, according to verse 5. Now, yes, Achan caused the entire nation to grieve the spirit of the Lord. But watch this. This is what a lot of people miss. But Joshua gets some of the blame, too. You say, well, how is that? Now, we see Joshua. He sought the Lord in crossing the Jordan River in chapter 3. He heard from the Lord concerning the circumcision of the men before they crossed the Jordan River in chapter 5. He heard from God in chapter 6 on how to defeat Jericho and gave him those instructions of going around the city once for six days. And on the seventh day, seven times he got that from the Lord. But where do we read that he inquired of the Lord in dealing with AI? He went strictly on the words of the spies in verse two. Oh, that should have brought back a scary memory for him some 40 years earlier. There are some spies who brought back some word. And so he went strictly based upon the words of the spies. Paul will later write in Galatians 3.3, having begun in the spirit, are you now going to be made perfect by the flesh? Well, this is a word for us that we don't have the AI mentality. We inquire of God for the big things, but for the little AI things, we say, oh, God, I, I got this. No need to inquire of the Lord. I can handle this little AI situation. The last time I checked, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 still says, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. 
And we so often get defeated like the Israelites did because we fail to acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways. We're the ones who categorize things. Well, I will acknowledge God for the Jericho-sized things in my life, but the little AI things, I don't need to bother the Lord for those things. I, I can handle those situations. And had Joshua inquired of the Lord before they attacked AI, I believe that God would have said, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you go up there fooling with them people. Don't go up there. There is sin in the camp. Deal with that first. Then you can go up there. So what do we have as the result of him not doing this? 36 men died because of Achan, yes, and because of Joshua's failure as the leader to inquire of the Lord. That is heavy stuff. Oh, it continues. Look at verses 6 through 9. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell on the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. And he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over to Jordan at all? To deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Oh, that we would have been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns his back before his enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? Now, we look at that on the surface and we say, you know what, man, Joshua is crying out to the Lord. He is just like, whoa, let's look a little bit deeper here. In these verses, we see Joshua is in great despair and anguish which is seen in verse six with him tearing his clothes. That was a sign of anguish when they tore their clothes. He falls to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord. Uh, If only he did this sooner. The despair, heartache and anguish he feels would not have been experienced. I wonder how much heartache or despair we go through because we fail to inquire of the Lord. We date, we marry, we buy cars, homes, electronic equipment without one time saying, Lord, do you want me to purchase these things? Do you want me to marry them or date them? Do you want me to buy this $600 phone for my kid? Heartache? After heartache, pain after pain, we find ourselves on our faces before the Lord like Joshua is doing here after the fact, after the bad decision, after the bad purchase, after we say I do. Then we're on our face like Joshua. We make these decisions without one whit of what God wants to do. Uh, what God wants from our lives. Not one desire, not one time, not one prayer offered, not one, uh, Lord, help me with this, not one time. And then we wonder why we're on our face in anguish. Notice after the decision is made. <laughs> then in this prayer, I want you to notice something. He asked the Lord three questions. Number one, 
Why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us in the hands of the Amorites to destroy us in verse 7? The second question, what shall I say when Israel turns his back before their enemies, according to verse 8? The third question, what will you do for your great name when everyone will hear about this? Now, on the surface, we're saying, you know, Joshua is asking some great questions. Oh, but watch this. This is what happens when we don't inquire of the Lord and heartache comes as a result. Number one, we blame God. Oh, you don't see this, but watch this. Joshua said, God, why did you bring us across the Jordan? So really, God, these 36 men that's dead is really your fault. Why did you bring us over here from the start? You remember he said earlier, he said, if we were just content with just being on the other side, we, in other words, we were, we were kind of content. You're the one that insisted that we came over here. So now 36 men are dead. God really is your fault. Isn't that what Adam said in Genesis 3, 12? It was the woman you gave me. Had you not given me this woman, I wouldn't be in the anguish, the turmoil, and in debt, the way I'm in debt. So God, it's your fault. It's your fault. See, the second question is number two, we, what we have to see from the, that we get from the second question is, you're more concerned about your reputation, Joshua, and how you look. Joshua said, what shall I say? When Israel turns his back on his enemies, I mean, I will look bad in front of the people, God. So he's more concerned about his reputation. Oh, the third thing we see is that we get from the third question. When we don't inquire of the Lord, we're anguish in anguish. Number three, this is what will happen. You expect God to clean everything up for you. Joshua said, what will you do for your great name? How are you going to clean this up, God? Because it's your name in jeopardy here. Amazing to me. This is what happens. These are the things we say when we fail to inquire of the Lord and we're in pain and in anguish. We say this kind of mess. Now, how did God respond to Joshua? Look at verse 10. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Now, I'm sure God didn't say it like that. That was the Tony Clark translation of that. I'm sure God was a lot nicer. Uh, you know, God, you know. He told the man to get up. God told Joshua, get up. This is not a time to be face down, but to face up to the problem. God is not going to clean up our mess until we're willing to face it. Is there a mess you need to face, but you're praying that God will clean it up so you don't have to face it? Oh, no, you got to face it. God is saying to you what he said to Joshua, get up and face the situation. Now, keep in mind, Joshua still doesn't know what in the world is going on. He has no clue why all this is happening, why he got defeated. He's just on his face now after the fact. Okay, now the explanation comes in verses 11 through 15. 
It says, Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have each, uh, even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Get up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst. Oh, Israel, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. And in the morning, therefore, you shall be brought according to your tribes, and it shall be the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to the families, and the family which the Lord takes shall come by households, and the households which the Lord takes shall come man by man. And then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire. He and all that he has because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. It's amazing. In these verses, God tells Joshua what is going on. In verse 11, he tells him that Israel sinned by taking some of the accursed things and both stolen and deceived and put it among their own stuff. Oh, this is a powerful word to all of us. Sin renders us powerless. They were defeated before AI. Sin grieves God. They didn't have God's presence as they fought AI. Sin paralyzes us for ministry. Instead of moving on to the next city, they were stuck dealing with sin in the camp. Amazing thing. Now, what was the sin? Achan touched the accursed things, the silver and the gold. Oh, I mentioned last week that there are consequences for when we touch the accursed things. God said that all of the money of this first city was his. Achan disobeyed, and the consequences were devastating. God said in verse 11, I don't, I don't want you to miss this. Notice, God said they have stolen and deceived. Oh, isn't this what Malachi 3 verses 8 through 12 says? Will a man rob God? And the people responded and said, God, how have we robbed you? God said, through the tithes and offerings. Here God is saying the same thing. Achan robbed God. But he also deceived. Oh, we see this in Acts chapter 5 and verses 1 through 11. When we get, when we finish up the Song of Solomon, we go back to chapter 5. We will get this particular story in chapter 5 verses 1 through 11 when Ananias and Sapphira lied and deceived based upon how much money they sold their land for. And then Achan put the accursed things, notice, among his own stuff. Oh, how many people rob God of the tithe and put that tithe money back into their own stuff. Oh, is this what you're doing? 
Are you robbing God, touching the accursed things and putting it among your own stuff so that you can travel and can go on vacations and buy Christmas toys and all kind of mess? You take the tithe that doesn't belong to you and put it back into your own stuff. Doesn't belong to you. You have stolen and deceived. And you can easily try to justify it. There's no way you can justify it. There's no way. Well, you're making me feel bad. You should. You should. I, I'm just I'm just being real. You should. I, I told you I will never ask you to do something that I don't do myself. I do it myself. I tithe and I give above and beyond because we got the campaign. Give above and beyond. Every trip I go on, I either give most or all of that, whatever honorarium I got, to the 757, to the church. I never ask you to do something I'm not doing myself. But you, you can easily try to justify and sit there and say, well, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to. You really can't. Because we're not talking about a lot of money. We're really not. You don't, you, I, I tell folks around the country, I say our area, our people, we just blue-collar people. They don't have two nickels to rub together. So here's the thing. If you make $300 a week, we're talking about 30 bucks. Are we, are we serious? You spend that on a big gulp and a, and a bucket of popcorn when you go to the movies every Friday and take God's money and see some horror flick or some mess. You spend that. In, so we're not talking about a lot of money. We're not. You, we're talking about disobedience and the matter of the heart. That's what we're talking about. You have lied and you have deceived and you have stolen. And it doesn't belong to you. That's the thing. It doesn't belong the temper. The first tempers, it doesn't belong to you. So when you take it and put it back into your own stuff, you're stealing from God. And I'm going to tell you right now, don't ask Preston, can you pray for me? I can't pray for you. <laughs> you in, you in it with God. You, you can't, you can't, you couldn't even get the great Johnny Cochran to, to plead your case when he was alive. Oh, uh, who, who, who can plead your case when you, when you steal from God? Huh? Nobody can. So you can sit there and then try to block it out and go back to robbing God. I know because see, you feel a certain way now. But then you're going to go back and do what you do. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there are devastating consequences. Aiken is showing us devastating consequences. You just think, I'm just not giving. No, you're robbing and stealing from God. I, who can get you off? Nobody can get you off. I don't care if you, if you're a believer, I don't care if you got a paper route. You should be, the first 10% is not yours. Doesn't belong to you. You're robbing God. Simple as that. Well, okay, can you go on to the next verse? Not until I'm ready. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> oh boy. So the, the, the issue is learn from Aiken. Well, I've, I saw on the internet that they said we don't have to tithe anymore. Okay, you can fool around with that mess and let somebody else get you in further trouble with God. Let somebody else get further. I, I, hey, that's on you. Then God tells Joshua in verse 12. Because of this sin, this is why Israel could not stand before their enemies. And the same is true for us. We will not be able to stand 
before our enemies either, or as my wife would say, either. Why? Because God told Joshua, because I will not be with you unless you destroy the accursed from among you. God once again told Joshua to get up in verse 13 and sanctify the people. So Joshua obeys in verse 14, and he rose up early in the morning and brought all of the tribes before the Lord, every family, household, and man. Then God said, whoever took the cursed thing shall be burned with fire. Good gracious. And he, not just him, he and all that he has, according to verse 15. Men, single parents, this is a word for us. What we do affects not only us, but our families. And watch this. And even the church. See, we don't see it that way. But it affects the church. Like it affected the entire nation. Just think about it. What Aiken did affected the entire nation. What you do not only affect you and your family, but because you're connected to this church, it affects the church too. And see, we fail to see this. If the Word Made Plain has been a source of inspiration and encouragement to you, why not consider becoming a Word Made Plain giving partner to keep this listener-supported program on the air? As a giving partner, you join forces with Calvary Chapel Newport News' kingdom vision of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can make your tax-deductible gift online at calvarynn.org or send your gift of any amount to 15553 Warwick Boulevard, Newport News, Virginia, 23608. And receive a gift from Calvary Chapel Newport News as our thank you. In addition to your financial support, we ask that you pray for the Word Made Plain broadcast, that it touches hearts and generates change in the lives of people around the world. We pray you've been blessed by God's Word today and hope you'll tune in next time to hear The Word Made Plain.